Welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and I am delighted today to be welcomed by my first ever Cuban guest. It is Janet Treto, who is a dancer, a model, and soon-to-be yoga teacher living in Saigon, Vietnam. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Janet, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, as I was discussing to you, my first ever Cuban guest. And my knowledge of Cuba is very, very limited. So can you please, I guess, just tell me a bit more about what it was like growing up for you in Cuba? Ah, it, it was very bad. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, Cuba sucks. Whoa, I, I didn't expect yeah. that. I thought you were going to say beautiful weather and scenery yeah, and no, culture. That, that's, that's only the good part. Like, we have um, beautiful weather. Yes, the weather is pretty similar to Vietnam. Less hot. But Vietnam, Vietnam can be way hotter than Cuba. Sure. Uh, I think Cuba can be about 35 degrees maximum in summer, um, maybe 10 degrees in winter. Mm-hmm. It's great weather, it's beautiful country, like beautiful beaches, people is beautiful there, but living there sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I felt a book coming, like there was a big list, beautiful, beautiful, but... Yes. No, it's a beautiful country with beautiful yeah. people, beautiful culture and everything. It could be a paradise there, it could be. But it's not. But it's not. <laughs> and why is it not? The government, as usual, like every country's problem. Yeah, okay. That's one. Anything uh, else? Uh, the fact that we are communists. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty much the communists and the fact that we are, we are communists, you know. Yeah, sure. The government and stuff. And also your passport's not very strong. Right? No, it's not. It's, it's pretty weak. Yeah, it's pretty weak. I cannot go to USA, Europe, Australia, and... Pretty much I can only go to Asia. Right, okay. And <laughs> that's, that's why I live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see. And how long did you live in Cuba? Like, did you grow up there your whole childhood? My whole life, my whole life in Cuba. I left when I was 21. I'm 28 now. Okay. So it's been seven years. And you came straight to Vietnam? I've been in China for three months before to come to Cuba. The plan was to stay there for a whole year. But I didn't like it there. It was really cold for me and... My experience was really bad there. So I decided to come to Vietnam. I have the opportunity to work here and I didn't think it twice. Yeah. And I came here. It's funny you mentioned because most people I know who've lived in China have completely different experience. Mm-hmm. Someone will absolutely love it, but some say, no, it was horrible. My problem was that I went to this city. It was like really on the north after Beijing. It's called Shenyang. And it was really cold, like really cold, like minus 25 when I arrived there. I come from Cuba, it was 25 degrees in Cuba, and then I arrived in China, minus 25 degrees. I hate it, I completely hate it. It's supposed to be for one, right, sorry, it's supposed to be for one year, but no. No, just After three out. months, I was freezing and like, <laughs> yeah. I want to leave this this country like now. <laughs> Even as someone who's British, you said minus twenty. Minus twenty five. What? <laughs> that's cold, man. Like that's yeah. really cold. That makes even me squirm. I never felt pain in my ears. Yeah. My ears were painful. I was going outside, like my ears painful. I could not feel my fingers. Like. Awful. And what were you doing for a job? Were you teaching? No, I was dancing. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was dancing. Yeah. Um, it was a Cuban company, a dancing company, and we went to China, we have this contract there, we're supposed to be working for this club for like a whole year and everything and do show for them, blah, blah, blah. And after one year, one year I was like, 
and I don't want to be here, you know, we just want to go back. I lied to them because, you know, I have to break the contract. They give me a contract for a whole year. I cannot say, oh, no, I'm leaving to Vietnam. I don't like it here. Yeah, sure. You know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I have to lie to them and tell them that I wanted to go back to Cuba mm. because I have my passport, you know, and I, was, I wasn't in possession of my passport. So the only way for them to give me my passport, if I tell them that I was going to go back to Cuba, it was like a whole nightmare. Yeah, you know, I can imagine. They need proof, the tickets, everything. And did you have the tickets? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> so like, are you able to say how you got out of this situation? or? Uh, yeah, it was really complicated. Like, um, First, when we decided to go to Vietnam, we have this person here who's supposed to pay for the tickets and the house, the visa and everything, you know. And we talked to them and we explained the situation and they really want us because they were desperate looking for dancers. And we told them, okay, could you book a ticket to Cuba? You don't have to pay, you, know? you just have to book it. We're like, okay, I could do that. And then we showed it to the, to our employer. Employers, yeah. that's right. And then they say, oh yeah, no, but the book is, the ticket is booked, it's not paid yet, when are they gonna pay it, and blah, blah, blah. But to make it simple and short, it was like, I don't know, one week or 15 days uh, to resolve the situation. They went with us to the airport, yeah, to make sure that we were leaving to Cuba. And then when they saw that we were coming to Vietnam and not to Cuba, <laughs> they freaked out. Jesus. <laughs> you want to call the police yeah. and everything. I know they were telling like the checking guy like, oh, don't give them the passport. Uh, I don't know. They were talking in Chinese. But I guess they were saying something like, don't give them the passport. Yeah. They want to stay in China because they were afraid that we were going to stay in China. You know, we, we didn't want to stay in China. We want yeah. to leave. And they also cancel our visa. We have like three days to leave the country. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not like I can stay. Yeah. Were they like able to, I guess, contact Vietnam and say, don't bring them? You know, they no, they any... cannot do that. They yeah. cannot do that. They did contact my agency in Cuba, but I didn't care because I wasn't planning on coming back. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You're just gone free. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> And you've not been back to Cuba since? Uh, yes, I came back two years after that to see my family. Sure. And then after that, I didn't come back anymore. I was planning to come back two years ago, but then COVID happens. You know, I got stuck in Vietnam. Yeah. I could not leave the country because I was under like, a tourist visa. You know, if I leave, I cannot come back. So I decided to stay and wait and wait and wait until now. Right. And Hopefully this year I'm coming back and yeah. finally seeing my family. I feel my like family. this is the year 2022 where <sighs> things are moving. I see people on Facebook going home and I feel like coming. I've been stuck for yeah. so long. Like, you know. I actually, they, I saw um, a post today off someone saying, hey, I'm in Ho Chi Minh for three days. I thought, oh, someone can actually travel to Ho Chi Minh now. Yeah, like, now yeah, you, you can even do visa runs now to Cambodia. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone awesome. on the Cambodian border on Facebook. I thought, whoa, this is... I'm getting 2019 flashbacks. Man, yeah. yeah. It's going to be wild. And I do actually want to speak more in depth about Vietnam and your mm -hmm. work. So okay. yoga, modeling, dancing. But I guess before that, you know, to wrap up Cuba, mm -hmm. because I know that you don't like it as much. Um, did you have like an education there? Did you study dancing or? I did. I did. Yeah. I have um, elementary level of dance. That means uh, my secondary school. I was in a dancing school, it was, you know, dancing and 
and school at the same time. In the morning I do math, Spanish, history, and in the afternoon I was doing dancing. And I studied this for three years, then I stop it and I just keep my scholarship as usual and I finish my bachelor. Okay, How I see. Yeah, uh, bachelor's? Bachelor's. Bachelor's. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure Spanish how it works. Bachelor. Ah, right, okay. I'm getting a lesson here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually do want to learn Spanish. That is one of my, you know, the goals that you keep putting yeah. off year after year. Spanish is up Spanish there. Spanish is a so. beautiful language. It I think is, it's yeah. a bit complicated for foreigners to learn because, you know, the verbs everywhere have like, yeah, every absolutely. person have different. Uh, there can be a mix, yeah. yeah. Do you know Spanish, English? Do you know any other languages? Um, I can understand Italian. I'm not really good speaking in Italian, but I could I could understand it like very well. I could say I know 90 percent of what people say. Nice. Yeah, it's really similar to Spanish. And before I used to have a Italian boyfriend, so that helped me a lot. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm guessing then from ed from doing dance in your education, you were mm -hmm. quite passionate. When did you start dancing? Was this at a very young age? Um. Well, I first started when I was eight years old. I started doing gymnastics. Yeah. And and then I have to stop it because my mom moved city and then they didn't have the school, they didn't have the career there, so I had to stop it and my mom put me into dance because she thought dance and gymnastics were kind of similar and related. And then I started I basically started doing dancing and stuff since I'm ten. Then I went to the school when I was, I don't know, twelve, eleven, I finished when I was fifteen. Then I stopped dancing for like three or four years when I, when I was on school to finish my bachelor. And then I keep dancing again, doing like dancing in like companies and cabarets back in Cuba. And after that, I just came to China dancing and then I came to Vietnam. I keep dancing all this time. Yeah. The last two years, I didn't dance that much because uh, my work is usually in bars, restaurants, events, events, you know, and basically all these places were closed during COVID and lockdown. Yeah, of course. You know, they, they, these were the first places to close <laughs> and yeah, the last sure. one to open. <laughs> so I wasn't dancing that much, but I still dancing during the weekend sometimes. Yeah, and how would you describe what type of dancing are we talking? Um, I mean, look, in clubs, what you usually dance is what they call here go-go. Go-go is basically freestyle, you know, the DJ play the music, you go to the stage and you freestyle, you do whatever you want. It, have, it could be, most of the time it's sexy, you know, because it's in a nightclub. Uh, in restaurants, I used to do some Latino stuff like samba, salsa, merengue, all this Latino dance. And sometimes I collaborate with groups, like dancing groups, and I do some hip hop performance or burlesque performance or all kinds of performance, basically. This is such a variety. Like yeah. You mentioned Latino, <laughs> hip hop, salsa, like club dancing. How do you manage to, I guess, do so many different styles? Like, do you have to adapt? How does it work? I'm saying this as a novice dancer. It's just a matter of practice. Sure. I mean, I first when I came here, I wasn't really good at hip hop. You know, because in Cuba we are more like Latin dance and ballet, contemporary dance. But then when I came here, you know, I started doing some hip hop, I started doing some jobs, work with a dancing group. Um, most of them, they dance hip hop, you know. So at first I was 
kind of so-so, you know, exactly. suck a little bit. <laughs> but then we practice and time, you just get it. You, you can basically do anything if you just practice. Right, okay. And yeah. how many hours practice do you think? I know that's a very tricky question. Um, that depends. If you have a performance like with the dancing group and I have to do a choreography, I, I will have to practice at least two or three times before the performance to learn the choreography, the steps and, and so on. Uh, so I would say from one to three hours per day. Right, okay. And how do you schedule that into your routine, say, around your work or around anything else? Do you do it consistently, say, in the morning, the evening? Well, um, before, I used to do only dancing. Um, most of my dancing time was at night. So I used to have all day free. And then when, if I have a performance with a group or whatever, uh, we will practice usually during the afternoon and then we will do the show at night. Um, and now, now I'm teaching too, so I don't really have much time for dancing. That's yeah. why I'm just dancing sometimes during the weekend and just uh, freestyling, go-go dancing in nightclubs and restaurants because I don't really have time to go to rehearsal with with anyone. I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> I glad to see. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And one of the questions I ask almost every guest yeah. if related to their work, it's the question of why. Now, I know it's a simple but very complex question at the same time. Why do I dance? Why do you dance? Yeah. Well, um, I didn't choose it to be honest. It was more like my mom's choice. Like when I was a kid, I used to like gymnastics. It was really tough. So I used to like it, but then when I didn't have it anymore, my mom thought that dancing could be similar. And I was really shy. I didn't like to expose myself in front of other people. Uh, so I, I started hating it, especially when I was a kid, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and then when this school opens the door, you know, it was time for for starting the school. My mom told me, oh, please go to the school, do the casting, because I do a casting, you know? for the kids to, to do the casting and then if you have the condition, the rim, the captation, then they take you into the school. If you don't have it, you don't go into the school. And then my mom basically begged me to go to the casting. I was like, no, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't want to be a dancer. Please, please do it for me, do it for me, no, I don't like it. And she just begged me, you know, and she begged the whole school because the casting was finished. They, they finished the casting and then uh, she went and talked with the whole school. Wow, okay, that's <laughs> and like, You know, my daughter, she missed the casting, but I want her to do the casting. Could you please give her a second option? And so I went and they accepted me into the school. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> so I went into the school and then, um, and then I finished it. And, you know, it just become normal to me. Yeah. You know, after a while, you just lose this... Uh, how you call it? Shyness. Yeah, like shyness, uh, you know. Lose the barriers, the nerves. Yeah, yeah, things yeah. Things that you put in the way. To be yeah. in front of people. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that quite natural to you now, being able mm. to perform in front of people? Yeah, kind of. It's a little bit shy. Don't, don't, sure. don't think like I'm all this diva queen, dancing yeah. queen, <laughs> go everywhere and I'm the center of the attention. But it's way better than before. It didn't really help me with, uh, yeah. with myself. I find this like interesting because like from your mum begging you to do it, like literally begging you. She was and now, literally begging me. Yeah, and now, <laughs> and now you do it, like, would you say professionally? Yeah, yeah. So how, how has that managed to like go from 
being begged to do something to doing it just daily professionally. Well, the, after three years in the school, it just become natural to me. And then after, you know, I have to make my money some way. Uh, and okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> working yeah. as a dancer <laughs> was one way of, of uh, you know, making money. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> money does always seem to come yeah. into this, yeah. Like, I have to ask the question then. If you weren't a dancer, also if you didn't enroll in that ballet school, if you weren't, uh -huh. sorry, dance school, if you weren't accepted, what do you think you'd be doing? Like, where do you think you'd be now? I don't know. I was kind of smart when I was a kid, like kind of the nerd of my classroom. So I could be anything, to be honest. Sure. I have no idea. I never, think, I never thought about this. Right, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're performing, shall we say, are you thinking of anything or are you literally just in a zone? Um... Most of the time I'm in the sun, you know, especially when I'm performing, uh, I'm doing the performing and, and you know, I'm, I have, I learned in choreography like three days ago. My mind is all like, what is next? What is the next step? What is the next step? What is the next step? Right, okay, <laughs> so yeah. I'm not really thinking about my, my life problems or anything else. Yeah, no, it does seem like quite a good hobby into like getting into the flow and getting away yeah. from like other things. This can be... Yeah, you really disconnect when you're dancing yeah, yeah. on stage. Yeah, that's why I like to speak to people about these kind of things, whether it be dance or music or mm. sport or art, whatever. As long as you, you know, disconnect and get away from, I guess, life's daily problems, it can be yeah. beneficial, right? That's, yeah. that's a really good way to disconnect. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you came here seven years ago. Vietnam, seven years ago, yes. 2014. Uh, think, was it 2015 or 15? I think it was 15. Right, okay. I yeah. Think, yeah. I'm just trying to think because I've been here two and a half years. I think it was March 5th, uh, yeah, 2015. March 15, okay. Um, the reason I ask is because I've been here two and a half years mm -hmm. and I've, I can't really tell if anything has changed since I've been here, aside from the obvious COVID, right? So mm -hmm. the city as a whole. But what I'm thinking is from 2014 to now, or 15, you must have seen some changes in Saigon from when you came to what it's like now. Well, especially the buildings. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the buildings, yeah. Like the, they, they, they just built so fast, you know? Yeah. Because Trancha here is like, in two years, they make a whole building. Like, yeah, for wild. me, that was like shocking. You know, in Cuba, they, a whole life to make us, <laughs> uh, to fix a hole in the street. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a hole in the street. <laughs> just for like reference, uh, one of my neighbors back in Manchester, his house is six doors down. He has, had it like half done for 20 years 20 years it's just half done so like it shows the comparison when i go to vietnam and i just yeah. see things change and i think that right. was that when was i a, yeah. when i first came i i was living in hanoi before right okay i spent three years in hanoi and then i moved to ho chi Minh. and when i first came i remember they was make they were just start building this um bingo you know it was just a foundation and like two years after they did the big opening I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How has this become? Yeah, yeah. It's, it is one of those where you'll walk like down a building and you'll think, that's like a bingo hall. It used to be a coffee shop, I swear. Yeah. And I'm just trying to piece together how the fuck it happens so yeah. quickly. Like, yeah, it's astonishing. For example, um, a year ago, I used to work in this nightclub, MB. I don't know if you hear about this. Uh, they used to make like this big performance with dancers and acrobats and you know many people right, you know, sure. jumping from the sky and the yeah, kind of stuff yeah. and then the club after the first lockdown they closed you know because it was really bad no one was coming and covid and all this stuff and now i pass by there and there is nothing there 
<laughs> there is nothing there. Banished. It was a huge club, like yeah. five, five floors, you know, like huge, like a theater. Yeah. And now it's nothing there. Gone. It's like it never exists. That's extraordinary. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's just Vietnam. Like, that's the sentence to sum up Vietnam. I would yeah. say that. Yeah. And how have how has your career then developed in Vietnam? Have you always been doing nightclubs since you've been here, or company events, or? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Sure. Like birthday party events, like festivals, clubs, restaurants. Yeah. And how do you get booked? Is it say a friend you know or a colleague? Um, before I used to work for this group there in Hanoi, we have like a group of Cuban dancers, and then the manager she used to live here in Vietnam. She she used to live here in Vietnam for like I don't know, ten years, right, maybe okay. more. Because I mean, I'm living here for seven years. When I came here, she was already for seven, eight years living here, so. And then, you know, she knows her way around. She, she knew many people, and some people just contact her to book us. And then when I left, um, I was freelancer, and then, you know, you just uh, have people on Facebook, and people contact you through Facebook, you know. Someone that know you, give her your contact. Yeah, or someone sure. that saw you performing and add you on Facebook and book you again and like that and like that and like that. You know? yeah. The more job you do, the more they will know you. Yeah, you of know? course, and you kind of build that up. Can that be a bit, I guess, not, I'm trying to think of a better word. I would say like unstable, where sometimes you might it not is. get work. It yeah, is, yeah. it is, especially during the lockdown. Yes, Especially absolutely. the last two years, it was very unstable. Yeah, very and how did you like survive that lockdown period? I oh, imagine. thanks to my boyfriend. Sorry? <laughs> thanks to my boyfriend. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> if it was for me, I was living under a bridge. Right, okay. Nice way to put it, I guess, yeah. And so then since, I guess, the final lockdown, I say the final one, like touch wood. So mm. October 2021, that's when we became free again after yeah. a pretty draconian summer. What has happened since then? Have you been busy regularly? Have you been working? Uh, yeah, I started working. I was working in this club here. It's like a lounge club, bar, you know. Um, it's called Zion, it's, it's quite new. Yeah, yeah, I heard of, it. heard of it. I was working there. I worked there for like a um, couple of months before the last lockdown and then they closed and then after the lockdown we started working again. But then I have a problem there and they, they fired me. Oh, so, you're, are you able to share more details or off, off camera? Maybe off camera, off camera. Yeah, but I don't no want problem. to talk about the yeah, of people. Course. No, fair point, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. So then when we're talking about your work, like I can understand you being booked for say company events and nightclubs, etc. I, I have to ask this question. Mm -hmm. What is the weirdest thing you've ever been booked for? Or like the weirdest event you've ever turned up to? The weirdest, oh, let me think. The most bizarre experience. Oh, you know, this is quite common, you know, when people think about go-go dancers or sexy dancers, you know, girls that perform in nightclub, they think about us, not always, but sometimes, they think about us uh, like strippers, you know, like we go to the stage and we remove our clothes and people are allowed to touch us and all this kind of stuff. And it's not like that, it's yeah, not sure. like that at all. And then one time where I was working in this place, Sky XX, they are closed now, they closed like two years ago, before lockdown. <clears throat> I was working for them and and then they have like this beep room there, you know, 
it, the place is huge. They have many rooms and restaurants and bedrooms and everything. And we used to work outside on the bar. And then there was this guest, foreigner, they have this party there in this big room and they were like, oh yeah, we went dancer to dance for us. It was like a birthday party or something like that. And then we went there, <clears throat> they booked us and we went there and we were dancing. One of the guys opened my dress. Yeah, he just went on my back and my, my dress up like a zipper and all the back. He just went on my back and opened my whole dress. I was like... Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. And how did you react to that situation? Well, I get away from him. I put my zipper up and I was like, don't do this again. You Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes too, like, um, sometimes we go, the customers want to know us, you know, they're like, oh, beautiful girls, blondes. Most of them, they think I'm Russian. Russians. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, please tell them to come here. I want to invite her a drink, you know, we go there and cheers, meet the customer. Hi, nice to meet you, blah, blah. Most of the time it's pretty formal. We just chill with them, yeah. drink a little bit, and then we go backstage and that's it. And sometimes they give us some tips. Um, again, sometimes they try to touch us, you know, like touch my boobs or my ass, and you know, you just have to be uh, to look for the hands all the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they are really sneaky. Yeah. Okay. Be, be vigilant, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I guess like is that is that very common in Vietnam, or are these just rare, isolated? Well, I I guess people now are getting more aware of yeah, this. Yeah. But um, it, used, it, it happens to me many times, like many times. People try to touch me and they, you know, they misunderstand my, misunderstood my job, like they thought I was a stripper, like they, it was okay for them to touch me and it's not. Right, I see. Mm. Absolutely. That's the ugly part of this job. That you're, that you're not keen on? Yeah. Right, okay. Now I understand. Uh, what is your favorite part of the job? My favorite part of the job is to dance and make money from it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because honestly, um, you know, I'm, I'm a dancer by profession. It's not really hard to, to dance for me, to do freestyling, you know. Uh, I found it really easy, you know. I just, I just dance between five and ten minutes set. It's like, I know, in one night I have in between four sets to six sets, right? And every set is in between five to ten minutes. And then I have like half an hour rest in between sets, right? And just going and dance for five to ten minutes is not really that hard, you know? And then they pay me for that. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this might be tricky, and I'm sure like there's a few places that have hired you, etc. Yeah. Have you had a favorite venue, a favorite kind of event team? Have you got a favorite place that you like to perform at? Um... I don't think it's the place, but with the people you work with. Because sometimes the place is great, you know, you have everything for you to like it and spend like a really nice time. But then the people you're working with, they are not that nice. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Dancers can be a bit bitchy sometimes. Competitive. Know? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And I can imagine it's an industry where you have to deal with rejection too. Yeah. Would you say that's true? Mm. Uh, yeah, like for example, going to an event and is this is just an assumption I'm making. Like, please correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I've got this idea. You can go to an event and then the organizer, host, or the dancers, whoever would say, "Oh no, not not you. I don't want you." Yeah, it is happens. It right, happens. Okay. It happens. Yeah. I uh, like. I have few friends, uh, but I actually have one friend. She is. Um, 
we call it mulata. Mulatos in Cuba, you know, the mix between black people and white people. Sure. Okay, so she's not white, but she's neither uh, black. And then once it happened to her, it never happened to me, but the once it happened to her that she was booked for a show in another city, you know, people on the countryside can be more racist than here in the, in the big city. And then she was booked for a show to do a samba, a samba show with another girl. The other girl was white, kind of blonde, and then she was mulatta, right? She had brown skin. And then when she got there, they reject her. They say, oh no, she cannot work here, she's black. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And this is in the countryside? Yeah, it was in the countryside. Wow, okay. I'm just trying to think what happens then. Like, do you go back to her gym then? Like, yeah. No, she got paid, but she didn't work, and she got really mad, obviously, because... Yeah, of course. It's discrimination. That, that's racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Crazy yeah. Crazy <to> fuck. <laughs> no, I can understand that, absolutely. And I guess we've spoken quite a lot about the dancing side of things so far, but we haven't mentioned the modelling. Mm. Now, can we go a bit more into that? How did yeah. the modelling begin? Was this in Cuba or in Vietnam? No, it actually became... Yeah, I never thought about becoming a model, because in Cuba, this is not really, like, a successful... Profession. Life, yeah, sure. profession, lifestyle, you know, way of living. You, I don't think I ever met a Cuban model that has become rich in Cuba, you know, make, yeah, sure. make, make money from it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I came to Vietnam, also I, I don't think I'm really that tall, you know, I'm just I want 68. Usually they get, they ask for like a minimum of 170. Sure. Yeah, 170, sorry. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I, I could, I, it never happened, you know, it never got through my mind, like becoming a mother. But then when I came to Vietnam, I was white, I was blonde, I was young and I was beautiful and that's all they are looking for to be a mother, you know. So I started trying, they started contacting me like, oh, I'm looking for a mother, can you do it? First I was like, yeah, sure, I mean, go there, taking some pictures, they pay me for this, why not? And, and then I just started like that, you know. One day someone called me, and then the next day someone else called me, and then the next day they said people that called me before called me again for a second job, and like that, and like that, and like that. Yeah, but I've spoken to people before who have said the same thing, that they thought it would be, oh, go to this place, get a few photos taken, get paid, go home. Is it as simple as that? Um, yes. Yes, it's not that difficult. I mean... If you are not shy in front of a camera, is is not that difficult. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was just thinking about like say, maybe maybe the the first uh, two three times you will feel a bit less uncomfortable. You know, like a, a bit uncomfortable in front of the camera, a bit shy. But with time and practice, again, you will master everything. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of say logistics that don't really come into your mind. So, for example, having to wake up at six a.m. to do like shoots and makeup and hair and yeah then... but this, it doesn't happen every day it's, i don't do modeling every day oh okay i'm not like full-time model i'm more like a part-time model ah, you know okay, i just okay. do jobs when someone booked me you know there are like thousands of models here in ho chi minh they all want the same job you know <laughs> there is not like you know a thousand modeling jobs in ho chi minh neither there are a few good modeling jobs and they are like a thousand models 180, 175, you know, 10 years younger than me. Sure, okay. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do modeling all the time. I do, oh, okay. I do it sometimes. 
so you see it more as a hobby. Yeah. And dancing is, say, your main line of work, would you yeah. say? Yeah. Nice, okay. That's quite a refreshing way to look at it because, mm. you know, I've spoken to people before. Like, I know some professional models here in Ho Chi Minh. They yeah. do it, like, almost every day. They get booked every day. Yeah, you know? yeah. They have a lot of job. Yeah. Uh, and there's travelling and there's spending hours in front of the camera and yeah, this pose yeah. and that pose and this pose and that pose. And but, again, when you do this, like, for example, talking about professional models, when you do this every time, you know, at some point, it's just easy for you. The hard part is to wake up, to get there, to spend all these hours there with makeup, maybe the clothes or the accessories they put you are, like, uncomfortable and, you know. Sure. But just posing and modeling is not difficult, especially when you are doing this every day for, like, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah, Maybe okay. more. Okay, no, I like the outlook. And we've spoken about your, I guess, main job with dancing, part-time job with modeling. We've not yet touched upon yoga. And as we said, you are an aspiring yoga teacher. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. Can you tell me more about your yoga journey? Um, well, I like yoga because I found it really similar to dancing, to, to the dancing foundation, you know. Not, not the dancing like, you know, carnaval and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and going to party and dance with the music. But the dancing foundation, the, the foundation of dancing are really similar to yoga. And that's what I love from it. And the part that, for example, what I love from yoga is like in dancing, you always have to be good. You know, you have to be good. You, you are never good enough. You have to be like hair, you know, be more like hair or be more like this or be more like that. You know, always be more, more, more. They always asking you to be more. It's really tiring. And what I love about yoga is like, you don't have to compare yourself with anyone, you know. You are just your own version of yourself. You, when you do a yoga pose, it doesn't matter if my yoga pose is different to your yoga pose. I still doing it good. You still doing it good. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And how long has this journey gone on for? When did you begin yoga? Um, it's been like a year, I could say. I started doing yoga with my friend. She left. <clears throat> she left Vietnam, and we started doing yoga uh, during lockdown because we were bored. She she really liked yoga. She was the one that introduced me to this. And then I started doing my own research and I found this course online and you know, I was really into it and I started doing it. It's great. I really like it. Yeah. And what's your favorite thing about it? Is in the way it makes you feel, the way it brings something out of you? What's your favorite part of yoga? What I like from yoga is that it, it, made, it made me feel good. Sometimes I miss dancing part for real, not just go to the club and move my body, you know. I miss the stretching. This is really good for the body, you know. I miss the stretching, you know, open my chakras. <laughs> and and I don't really get that with what I'm doing, you know. Right, I, I see. I, for example, I have been losing almost all my elasticity, my natural elasticity, because it's been years I don't, I don't really, I don't properly dance, you know. I don't do stretching, I don't do my split, I don't do my bridge, I don't do anything. And with yoga, I get all this back, and it's, it's, it's it's kind of hard, yeah, because I'm not where I wanted to be. You know, I lost so many of my conditions in the in the last years because I haven't danced in that much. And now with yoga, I can finally get it back. Right, uh, okay. The way I used to be, kept in shape. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a nice and refreshing way of putting yoga, it. Yoga, after yeah. all, is, is also, you know, physical activity. So your body, your body move, you know, it's, it's good for your head, it's good for your body, it's good for your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And this brings me on to the concept of, I know this sounds very broad, but movement as a whole. From, 
all of these interviews I've done and my own experiences, I've found that movement in any form, whether it be yoga, exercise, dancing, mm -hmm. whatever, we can think of so many ways, it's so crucial to both physical and mental well-being yeah. where you, you can't be stressed, anxious or frustrated if you are in a movement practice because you're so occupied with yeah. the actual Yeah, you're focused on what you are doing. Yeah, you don't yeah. have time, your mind doesn't have time to think about anything else. You know? Yeah, precisely. Yeah, and can I actually ask you, this is something that like I didn't include in the notes, but it's just coming to me now. Mm -hmm. Like I often talk to the guests about like their own mental well-being, and since, since that you've been involved in dancing and yoga and movement, movement as a whole, mm -hmm. um, how are you? Like, how is your mental well-being? I know that's a big question and possibly quite deep, but may I ask you? Well, I'm pretty good right now. Sure. Um, to be honest, I was ca uh, quite stressed out during lockdown because I mean it's normal I didn't have job I was worried about my situation here if I have to leave if I have to stay the money and all this stuff and actually yoga really helped me then through this through this time because during lockdown I started doing my yoga course I started doing like yoga every morning and I wake up in the morning I put my yoga mat I do some exercise at least during this time of the day I wasn't thinking about my problem you know yeah, and it course. really helped me a lot to channel all this negative energy Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And would you say, you mentioned chakras there, would you say you have a spiritual side? I don't think I have discovered that yet, okay. but I will get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's always time for us all. And how do you go from being, I say this as a, a novice with yoga, how do you go from being like practicing yoga to becoming a teacher? Like what's the process like? Is it like you mentioned with the dancing of just practice and practice yeah, and practice and practice? Yeah, it's just practice and practice, you know, it's, it's always like that. If you want to be better, on something you have to do it over and over and over and over until you master it. Right, I see. And this next question is also quite deep. I ask quite deep ones on this podcast. <laughs> what is it that, I guess, makes you happy? Is it through movement? Is it through creativity? What is it that makes especially you happy? Especially movement, yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially movement. Like, you know, I spent most of my childhood hating dance, but... You know, I have done it for so long that, that now I found, I found out that if I don't dance, I'm sad. You know, it's like something is missing in me. A part of me is missing. So, you know, if I don't have dance, at least I have yoga. For me, it's kind of the same. My body is moving, you know, my mind is occupied. Yeah. I'm stretching um, physically and mentally. I'm becoming a better person. So... Yeah, and would you dance or do yoga if you weren't paid for it? Mm? If I may ask you, if it wasn't your career, would you still dance, do you think? Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't think if my mom ever begged me to, to get into the school, I will never do it. And I will probably never dance. Because I'm telling you, I was really shy when I was a kid. I never danced like in front of anyone. Yeah. Never, never ever in my life. I was afraid of people looking at me. I was afraid of people laughing at me. So, and then when I went to the school, you know, it just pushed me, you know, like. Yeah, brought you perhaps out of your shell. Yeah. Gave you confidence. Yeah, especially confident. Yeah, absolutely. No, like, would you say you're a confident person nowadays? Yeah. Nice. I think I have to compare myself with uh, the one I was, I don't know, 15 years ago, way, way more. I, I like that. I like the fact you mentioned comparing yourself to your previous self rather than somebody else. No, that's no. A, <laughs> I will compare key. myself with somebody because else. Because a lot of us do. A lot of us do, <laughs> and I've noticed it 
in my own life. I just want and, to become a better, a better, yeah. you know, a better myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the key one. And we've touched upon your work and the things you've done to, I guess, enhance your development. But we've not really touched upon Vietnam that much. I guess, what are your favorite things about Vietnam? This has been your home now for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about Vietnam. What do you like my about this place? My favorite thing about Vietnam. Hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really know. I don't really think about this. Okay. Yeah. Let me think. Let me think. First, when I came to Vietnam, I liked the fact, you know, I'm from Cuba, as you know, I cannot go many, anywhere. Other, <laughs> yeah. Many, many countries around the world. So what I liked from Vietnam is that it was really easy for me to come here. You know, first time I didn't have problem with visas or my passport or you know, spending too much money just to come here. It was, it was, it's cheap, you know, it's uh, affordable, um, people are nice, honestly, I, I don't know if other people have like some kind of problem with Vietnamese people, but I think in general, if you treat them right, they will treat you right too. Yeah, I absolutely you know? agree. Yeah. I think Vietnamese people are very nice. Yeah. Um, I like Vietnamese food, but I'm not a fan because I'm not a fan of seafood. And you know, in Asia in general, they they are really fan of seafood and, and and they don't really like it. Neither and neither are fan of soups or food or noodles. I can eat it sometimes. Yes, I can eat it. It's not like I don't eat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like your preference. No, it's not. Yeah, but the good thing about this city of Saigon, especially, is there's such a wide international. Food yeah, scene. I love it. That's yeah, the best yeah. part. I think that's the best part. That's the best part I love from Vietnam. The food scene. Yeah. Nice, nice. It's like it doesn't matter. You know, everywhere you go, like you always find something that you like. You know, yeah, there's sure. Italian restaurant, French restaurant, Spanish restaurant, Mediterranean. You know, even I don't know, African, Vietnamese, Korean, Japanese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Australian. What do you want? We have it. Yeah, absolutely. Have you tried the British restaurant Union Jacks? The British? British restaurant Union Jacks in Taodian. Union and Jack? Yeah. It's like near, I can't even know where it's near, near Pasta Street. No, I didn't. Okay. If you ever want to try British food, try it. Just oh, gonna I have plug. to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's absolutely worth it. And I also saw an article uh, on your Facebook, I believe, about Taodian. Uh, and I like Tao Dien. I know that it's probably cliche of, oh yeah, it's the expert neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people avoid it deliberately. Yeah. But I like the fact that it's so open. You can walk everywhere. It's got so much convenience. Can you talk to me about Tao Dien? And oh why no, like I it? love it. I love it too. You know, it, it's a funny story because <clears throat> I just moved to Tao Dien like a year ago. Sure. Before I used to live in Anfu and then I live in Bintan. And, and then I moved to Tao Dien a year ago. Uh, my boyfriend, he was like, oh, like like the cliche, no? <laughs> oh no, I don't I don't want to move to Italian, you know, all the foreigners living there, and it's, a, it's like a foreigner's place, you know, I, I want to get involved with Vietnamese people, I live like Vietnamese people, okay, fine, you know, if it's what you want, I'm, I'm cool with anything. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we moved to Italian a year ago because we were living in Bintan, and the apartment was nice and the neighborhood too, but it was really busy, like really, really busy. You know, the traffic, especially during the 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Oh gosh, yes. It was terrible. Yeah. Right. And then our house was in this alley near the avenue. 
and it was traffic 24 hours, 24 yeah. hours, even even during you know, early in the morning, like 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning, yeah. it was traffic, and you know, we have all the noise yeah, sure. <laughs> there, right? we could not sleep, and the constructions everywhere, like next, in front, <laughs> behind. I can picture this, yeah, yeah. So he became really annoyed with that, it was like, no, I cannot sleep here, I yeah, really yeah. need to sleep, you know. Yeah, that's my issue in living in a place like Bintan, D3, Funyan, just the constant traffic yeah. would really get me. Whilst this place, like, you've seen it, and you, I know you live nearby, we're neighbours, like, it's so isolated, yeah? It's what I like from here. For example, we have, I have two dogs. Okay. Two poodles, yeah. And then I first have problem here with my dogs, like, uh, I could not go everywhere with the dogs, and then some buildings, they have rules and no dogs allowed, and I even got kicked out once from the building. They called the police and everything just to kick oh, me wow. out. Gosh. Because the dog, yeah, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And then the only thing I told my boyfriend was like, I don't care where we are moving, I'm fine with everything. They have to be cool with the dogs. Yeah, I'm not gonna go through the same thing twice. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? I have enough with this. And then we move here, very close here, uh, to this apartment. We have been living here for over a year and it's so quiet. When we first moved, it was like, oh, look, can you hear? There is nothing. You can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Not even, not even a motorbike. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's my favorite thing. And also, you can walk in like wide open spaces. I, that's yeah. the other thing. I have the dogs. So, you know, I just can go around with my dogs off leash. You know, no one is saying anything. There is so many people around with dogs everywhere. And it's so nice. And there is no traffic. So it's no problem for my dogs to run around. There is no problem like a yeah. motorbike is coming or a car is coming. You know, sure. accident is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah, me too. I and think... the fact that you have everything you need here, schools, restaurants, uh, supermarkets, hospitals, hospitals. Yeah. you have anything you, you need here. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pro Taudian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, me I'd too. Say so. Go, go Taudian. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we can be the cheerleaders for it. But um, I am going to ask... here, you know, without moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without leaving the street. Yeah, I am going to ask you some Vietnam quick fire questions towards the end of this conversation. But I guess a final overall question is one I always pose to guests, and some find it tricky, some find it easy. I'll pose it anyway. Uh, what would you like to achieve in the near future, uh, Janet? Perhaps next couple of years. What would you like to achieve? Well, um, in the next couple of years, I hope me and my boyfriend are hoping to move to uh, Philippines. Nice. Yes, Palawan. Nice. Yes. He lived before for eight years. And he completely loved it. He's in love with this place. And, you know, and we just were waiting for the borders to open and then the tourists, tourists come back. Yeah, yeah. You and know, then it makes the Philippines process easier. Yeah, it yeah. seems to be, to be good again because Philippines was pretty bad too. Like Vietnam, they, they were yeah, closed sure. for like two years. So there was no job, no tourists, not anything. Yeah, of course. And now we are hoping maybe next year to go to Philippines. And we've hopefully... For next year, I will have my yoga teacher training ready, and then I would like to start teaching yoga. That's my goal for the future: becoming a yoga teacher. On the beach in the Philippines. On the beach in Philippines. Nice. That sounds like the ultimate. <laughs> the <paradise>. dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish you the very best. Do what I want to do. <laughs> Wake up every morning with the sunset, you know, sunrise on the beach. Yeah. You know, go for a swim, go for a walk, have a breakfast and then go teach in front of the beach. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Wow.
That sounds a perfect plan. Yeah. Vietnam quick fire questions. Uh, if you could live in one place in Vietnam, that's not Saigon and it's not Hanoi, because I know you've lived there, uh-huh. where would you live and why? Mm. Maybe Phu Quoc? Yes. Yeah, I love Phu Quoc. <laughs> Obviously, because the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've always got the beach in your mind? <laughs> yes. Nice, okay. That's, That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. The second thing, I feel like I know the answer. What would you change about Vietnam if you could change one thing? Um, immigration rules. Sorry? Immigration rules. Ooh, wow, no one's ever said that before. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah, no one's ever said that. It's usually traffic. So I had in my head you're going to say the yeah. traffic because we've discussed it. I mean, that's not great either, but immigration but, rules. But I traffic, guess. you know, I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, immigration rules are actually a problem, you know. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like, yeah, you can come. Com- compartmentalize problems can't you of like yeah. serious issues which such as immigration and then stuff that's just annoying like traffic yeah, traffic is annoying but you know well you, well you can do about yeah yeah hopefully with the metro coming now yeah you yeah know? i went to the one in hanoi actually yeah. and subway it worked, with the subway is, yeah, yeah. the traffic is going to be better the pollution too yeah fingers crossed hopefully yeah fingers crossed for a year or so yeah and the final one if you could take one celebrity slash public figure and bring them to saigon for a day who would you bring and what would you do with them? Mm. Okay, that's a tricky one. I never thought about celebrities. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, I don't know, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, but they already been here. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they even adopted a Vietnamese. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember, I remember seeing the pictures actually. Yeah. <laughs> they even have a Vietnamese kid. <laughs> yeah, so you'd bring them here. <laughs> they already been here. Yeah, you can bring them again. Okay, yeah. okay. They've never been here with you. No, yeah. we can go it for. <laughs> nice. In Taudien? In Taudien. There's a really nice um, fall spot there in Taudien. I think I know the one you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't describe exactly where it is, but I know. The I, don't, I don't know about. the name of the street. Yeah, yeah. No, neither. I'm not very good with street names, but mm. I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, actually, final question. Favorite restaurant in Saigon? Favorite restaurant in Zaygon. I have a few, I have a few. Let me think, let me think. But look, I'm I'm Cuban, okay? So I'm really into um, Latin American food. Mm. And here you cannot really find Cuban food, but they have really some Mexican restaurants that I really like. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there is this one called Gringos Tacos. Never heard of it. Gringos Tacos, you have to try. They have like amazing burritos. Sure. Really good, like nice big. Filled with beans and meat and yeah, rice yeah. and all kind of stuff you want to put inside. And then we have another really good one here, right here in Taudien. It's called El Camino. They have like yes, great yes, tacos. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. But a really good price. Excellent. Have you got any final thoughts, Janet, before we wrap this podcast up? Any yeah. final message that you'd like to leave? Um, no, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Perfect. Short, simple, profound. Thank you very much for your time. I've really enjoyed welcome. this. And all the very best with your future projects Thank on you. the beach, in the Philippines, teaching yoga, or whatever else Finger you do. Finger crossed. Yeah. Take care, Janet. <laughs>